0: Hey everyone, just chilling in California. I'm at my grandparents' house right now. This is probably the last podcast I will do with my cell phone from here. Um, Another day and a half I'll be back uh, home and I got a whole backlog of things to talk about next week. Uh, One of the things, and I'll just briefly mention it now, I'll go into more detail next week, is I've been told, if you go to the Discerning Christians website, discerningchristians.com, there's been an updated feature. So if you are a church looking for a pastor or a pastor, potential pastor looking for a church, um, that process apparently is much easier than it was. So um, that's happening. I've actually, before I left, I messaged someone and said, I want to build an app. I want to make this available on cell phones uh, if possible. I'm not sure if it'll just be me or the, there'll be others that come alongside me to help uh, finance this and do this, but, um, but it needs to happen. So... Um, Just give you a little update on that, Uh, we we also, and I don't think I've said this for a while, we're we're also continuing to work um, at Last Stand Studios on various projects, and and the Monument Project is one of them, and so um, lots of updates when it comes to that, making some very good progress. Uh, Right now, though, I only have a few minutes, and someone sent me um, recently, uh, I think it was yesterday, a Gospel Coalition article. I think it was published maybe yesterday or the day before. I think it was yesterday. Uh, it was It's by Joe Carter, who is a pastor. I don't know if he's associate pastor. I wanna say he is, he, he may not be, but he's a pastor at McLean Bible Church, where David Platt pastors. And it's called The Nine Things You Should Know About the Taliban. And um, specifically, the person who sent me this wanted me to look at number four, and so I did. And um, it, 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 it did irritate me a little, I'm gonna be honest with you. So I'm gonna just read for you what it says. And um, and then analyze it a little bit. But it says, uh, number four, the U.S. government uh, had made a peace agreement with the Taliban in February 2020. The Trump administration signed an agreement with the Taliban that required the U.S. to withdraw troops and release up to 5000 Taliban combat and political prisoners. In exchange, the Taliban agreed to pervert, um, to prevent, <laughs> there we go, the use of the soil of Afghanistan by any group or individual against the security of the United States and its allies. President Biden um, has agreed to honor the agreement. It is, and this is a quote from Biden, it is perhaps not what I would have negotiated myself, but it was uh, it, the arrangement made by the US government and um, that has to mean something. So. Uh, this little section, it here, here's the thing about it, because I was looking at it and I was like, is there anything like technically inaccurate about this? I mean, technically, there's 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 nothing um, that's a lie that like is here's uh, here's something that's factually just not true. Um, Biden did say those those things. Um, it is true that the Trump administration did make an agreement in February 2020. However, it's what's left out. And that is often the case, um, it, it, as a history guy, this really irritates me when I see it. I'm just being honest, that's, uh, that's how I view it, when people leave out significant facts. Um, obviously, if you're doing scholarly work, or if you, even if you're just doing reporting, you can't, you, you can't uh, get everything. You can't be as thorough sometimes as you even wanna be. You, you have to focus in on facts that are significant with the goal of informing people about the situation that's unfolding or a historical situation that did happen. And I think a lot of the deception that we see um, in the historical field especially, but it's also in the journalist field, is uh, people who um, write articles and write books that are slanted in a certain direction. And the reason they're slanted is because they leave out things. And when they leave certain significant key things out, the reader is kind of left with drawing an incorrect conclusion based on incomplete information. And so, um, and it's not like the information isn't available, it is. So what's the conclusion that someone would draw from what I just read from Joe Carter at the Gospel Coalition? Well, they would say, okay, President Trump had an agreement with the Taliban, and it sounds, it it, it kind of, it only portrays part of that agreement, but it it sounds like there's kind of... um, you know, we're gonna uh, release prisoners and they're gonna agree not to hurt us. But it kind of, like, it it says nothing about the current situation and how the withdrawal has been handled, really. Hardly anything about that. And then, you know, Biden uh, wouldn't have signed this. Biden Biden is against it somehow, but Biden's kind of, his hands are tied. That's kind of how you feel. Like, he's gonna have to just go along with the uh, agreement that was already made and, uh, so it's not really his fault. And this is the narrative that MSNBC and most of, um, it's interesting, actually it's not even all the mainstream media, but a lot of the mainstream media is going with this, uh, it's really the hard left media that's going with this narrative that, you know, this, the situation in Afghanistan is um, not Biden's fault, it's the Trump administration's fault. And, and of course, this is what Biden's been doing, he's been blame shifting. Uh, He will not take personal responsibility. And I made a video where I talked about how how terrible this is, how uh, this just damages the United States' credibility, and it shows how weak and ill-prepared for leadership our our quote-unquote leaders are. So this is the impression it leaves you with. It's like, it's not really Biden's fault, it's Trump's fault, because he negotiated this bad deal, and Biden stuck with it. And that's simply not the case. That's not the right conclusion to draw if you know more significant facts. If you know um, that Biden, first of all, could have renegotiated it if he didn't like the deal. He wasn't stuck with the deal. Uh, He could have renegotiated it if he had wanted to. But also, and maybe more significantly, the agreement had a lot more teeth in it. It stipulated that the Taliban... was to actively discourage groups opposed to the United States, and I did read it by the way, that's where I'm getting this, just my summary of it, um, or the allies or allies of the United States and prevent them from operating and not um, allowing them to immigrate or have visas. So there's a lot of teeth in this, a lot of stipulations that they had to abide by. Um, Mike Pompeo has gone on, um, at least he did one interview that I saw where he was uh, pointing out um, how unnecessary the situation with the withdrawal, and how quick it was and how clumsy it was, um, h- how unnecessary it was. It didn't have to be this way. And um, Trump, in February of 2020, this is from an article in the BBC, not your conservative news source, but February 29th, and they quote President Trump saying, if bad things happen, uh, we'll go back with a force like no one's ever seen. And that was Donald Trump. And This is, for those who, like, have followed Trump's foreign policy and even his domestic policy, that's the way that he negotiates. He he kind of is unpredictable. And that's what, kind of like Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was like that. The enemies of the United States didn't want to deal with either one of those guys because uh, they didn't want to mess with them because they didn't know if they were going to start sending some rockets. Which basically is what Trump, uh, or, yeah, Trump, um, was going to do. Like, we know where your families are. We can... We can send some cruise missiles in and uh, through a drone and you won't even know what's happening. And it, you know, there's, there's a big uh, deterrent. And Trump's personality, his whole foreign policy, was, um, a lot of it was predicated on this attitude he had that was unpredictable and um, very pro United States interests. And I mean, he says that back then. So the deal, you have to understand the deal also in light of who Trump is. Um, but the deal itself had teeth in it. And, and so Joe Carter doesn't really go over all of that. Uh, he, he makes it sound like it's kind of this, um, it, it's really this kind of a lopsided deal. Like the, the US really is made a bad, bad deal. They're giving up a lot and they're not getting much in return. And, um, and that Biden uh, was just, the whole situation over the last few weeks uh, has been Trump's policies playing out without Trump in office. And it just happened to, you know, kind of like when you're playing catchphrase or something and or hot potato and he's like, he Biden was just landed with his hot potato. He couldn't do anything about it. The timer went off and he had it in his hands. And that's just simply not true. Uh, it's It was a bungled withdrawal. Um, there was a failure to evacuate. That's one of the biggest problems with this whole thing. And there's no deterrence. They don't have any plan. I mean, now they're trying to scramble to come up with something to deter. Um, the, the Taliban and what they're doing. But um, this would never have, I think any reasonable person knows who, who's uh, followed any of this, even from a distance, knows that this would not have happened under Trump's watch. Trump, uh, uh, his foreign policy was to be much more forceful, much more unpredictable, and people knew they couldn't take advantage of him. And um, Biden underestimated this a whole lot. And I, I think they're... In general, I think when you look at conservatism and progressivism or liberalism, in general, you see conservatism allows and, and accounts for this understanding of man being depraved, that man's evil, that there's real bad guys out there and it's not the conservative Christians in the United States. Like there's real bad guys out there who wanna do harm and really evil things. And Trump understood that I think to an extent. And I think um, in general progressives and their foreign policy, even, I'm in, I'm in LA right now, And I was just told by one of my relatives that uh, they've, basically they've reduced funding for the police, but they've also required, I guess in certain circumstances, they've upped the level of uh, psychologists. It wasn't, maybe it wasn't psychologist, therapists or something like that, going with the police to try to, uh, so they're they're riding with the police officer with like a psychologist to try to deescalate situations and stuff. And, and that's that, that's very typical and I'm not saying there's no place for de-escalation that that should be something police officers are trained with and they're just average normal general training but the thing that um, that separates the two philosophies, one of the big things is that uh, it's not man's environment. I mean this goes back to the French Revolution and Rousseau this man's environment corrupts him men are born free but everywhere they're in chains because of uh, society and social institutions and if we could just eradicate these mediating institutions you know man can get back to this state of nature and this has really been in progressive uh marxist socialist uh collectivist totalitarian thinking for a long time you're gonna we're gonna enter some kind of utopia or it's gonna just be way better if man can just, um, man doesn't have these limitations. And because it's the limitations that are actually the problem. And, um, and the fact is that actually men's hearts are evil, just like Jesus said. And that's why there does need to be, at times, very aggressive foreign policy. There does need to be aggressive police presence in some situations. Um, force is, uh, is necessary for, um, uh, it's, it's a good guy with a gun that's going to stop a bad guy with a gun. Uh, a true bad guy who who will not listen who will who, who has intent that is very evil. So in general terms I think conservatives understand that more and progressives don't. And um, I think you see some of that playing out. Now here's the bigger thing that the reason I wanted to just kind of pick on this article is what why is the gospel coalition pushing the narrative that it's or at least insinuating and there, it's a strong insinuation in my opinion that it's it's not Trump's fault. It's i Bi- or sorry, it's not Biden's fault. It's Trump's fault that this is all playing out. Really, Biden was just dealt a bad hand, and you know Biden's really not to blame in this. They're they're helping Biden get off, in my opinion, in this very small uh, section in this article. But it's it's significant. It gives you a little window into to Joe Carter and to the Gospel Coalition. I guess Joe Carter, I think, writes a lot for them, and uh, and maybe even for the whole situation at McLean. Um, you know, this is it's yeah, there's the social justice movement, there's there's um, the theological ramifications of that, but it's a political religion. There's also a political side to it, and you see that coming out in this. There's, there's kind of a politically progressive narrative that's crept into this article, and uh, more often than not, I see the Gospel Coalition really pushing these progressive narratives. So uh, another example of it right there, there's so many of them at this point, but Figured it was a, a short thing I could talk about and just kind of let you know, again, this is why uh, the gospel is one of the reasons why so many of us say the gospel coalition is progressive. It's it's things like that. Sometimes you often, often people don't even catch those things, but um, but they are significant. And it gives you a window into kind of how the authors are thinking. So um, anyway, there you go. Uh, more coming soon. I hope that was uh, helpful in some way. And uh, God bless. And more, more, like I said, more coming. Bye now.